Now it's time for flashback. Sounds scary. It sounds scary. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds snary. <laughs> <laughs> it is Halloween week. Isn't it, it is Halloween week. So it's a little bit different of a That's Halloween scary. man. Ooh. Ooh. And it came at night. Ooh. <laughs> I'm scaring myself. How are you doing? You get scared easy, so I'm not surprised. I, I do not. Oops. You know, you, you do. <laughs> you try to get people thinking that I'm a, you know. Steven. What? Well, some of those movies are frightening. <laughs> I was trying to get you to catch that little jumping spider from me the other day, and you wouldn't even do that. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It ended up being a wolf spider. You said as a jump. And you said, come and get this little no, jumping spider. No, the one before that spider. was no. a jumping spider. Yeah, but the one before that was a wolf spider. It was a baby wolf spider. And here you just try. Well, to it can't kill you. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, then why it might I bite you, but it won't kill you. Why should I worry? It ain't going to kill me. My goodness, what are you worried about? All right. So, yeah, we are talking. Our story today uh-huh. uh, starts in the 1700s. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what ooh about that, but anyhow, know. yeah. For our flashback, yes. Now the story is not. And about an American couple, but I want to talk about early life in the 1700s in America. In America. Right. Because, you know, I was reading it, it it pertains to us. Right. So, I'm thinking it was probably similar. Right. For the time. Well, yeah. All right. So, this comes from PatriotsHistoryUSA.com. All right. PatriotsHistoryUSA. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're, it talks about the mid-1700s mm-hmm. uh, across the American colonies um, that most of the settlers at that time had became less English. Right. You know, because they've been here for a little bit. <laughs> right. They started to having generations. Right. New babies. Well, travelers described Americans as coarse-looking country folk. <laughs> well, yes, they did. <laughs> well, because most most colonial people wore their mm-hmm. hair very long. Right. Women and girls kept their hair covered with hats, hoods, or handkerchiefs. Mm. Men and boys tied their hair into ponytails. Right. Well, that was until wigs came along. But right. that was more, you know, a vogue thing in the right. port cities. So for pretty the, much, they were they look like mountain hippies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like they still do. Right, back home, some back of them, home you know? yeah, yeah. Um, they made their own clothes from uh-huh. linen, flax, and wool. Uh-huh. Every home had a spinning wheel and a loom. All right. Women sewed and knitted. Okay. Constantly. All right. Um, because cotton cloth wasn't readily available until the 19th century. Right. So they had to uh, be able to make their clothes. They'd done their own. Right. And right. They, they used dyes like indigo, birch bark, and mm. pokeberries. Doesn't like good old pokeberry. Uh-huh. To make their, their clothes Ooh. colorful. All right. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Now Americans grew their own food. Right. And they ate a great deal of corn. Okay. Roasted, boiled, cooked, well, you know, cornmeal bread and pancakes. 
They uh, grew a lot of hearty vegetables like squash, beans, apples, so they can make jam and syrup, you know, and have Uh that on the dinner table. And men and boys, and a lot of people back home still, they hunt. Of course. So they hunted, um, they fished, they hunted rabbit, squirrel, bear, deer. Hunt, that that was common. I hunt Wendy's, Burger King, Five Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, pig raising became important, but right. beef, you know, for cow, cows yeah. and milk were scarce until the 18th century. Uh-oh. I couldn't do it. So, and, you know, the water was poor quality. So, many colonials drank cider, beer, corn whiskey, and even the children drank it. So, it's, it is just like back home now. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, uh, "It said a city sprang up. Cattle even drank the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Happy cattle! Yeah, yielding a disgusting variant of milk known as swill milk. Swill, swill milk. milk. It wasn't that good. It caused a lot of childhood illnesses. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it was tough in the 1700s. Yeah, you know, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infant mortality was high. Sickness usually meant a lot of suffering and a lot of times death. Right." You know, they do, they uh, relied on folk medicine and Indian cures. Mm. That included herbs, teas, honey, bark, and roots. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because doctors were few and far between, and a lot of times the doctors were... Was worse than the illness. Well, the doctors yeah. were also veterinarians or vice versa. It reminds <laughs> me of, do you remember that movie, A Million Ways to Die? Right. It's, you know, you get sick, you go to the doctor, and uh, get a crow to poke your eye, or, you know, to <laughs> yeah. eat out the infection. Well, I mean, they did do, yeah. it even talks here about doing the uh, bloodletting. Oh, wow. And drawing blood from a sick person. Then, yeah. And uh, they uh, they thought if something was wrong with you, then it was one of your major organs that was causing the problem. So, so get it out. <laughs> yeah, and if they had to do surgery, guess what? You're screwed. Because... Yeah, well, they they couldn't put you to sleep. There was no anesthesia. Yeah, right. That's right. Here, bite down on this while we cut off your leg, and that's you that. Know. That's true, you know. But wow, yeah, that's true. But now they did have chiropractors, but they called them bone crackers. Bone crackers. Uh-huh. I cannot go to a chiropractor. They, they today. called them bone crackers, and it said they actually provided a very valuable service because uh, these people worked hard. Right. You right. Know? <laughs> Children worked hard. All Americans worked hard well, all their course, lives. Yeah. yeah, and kids, you know, played their games and stuff like that. Girls played with dolls they made out of rags, and uh-huh. boys would play ball out of whatever they could make a ball out. <laughs> right, right. wasn't wasn't like today. They didn't sit around and, uh, you know, they didn't sit around and do video games and things like that. Right, right. Um, all of them worked. It didn't matter how old they were. They all worked. Wow. I know. Now, women, we're going to finish up with these last couple of things. Women were expected to bear between five and ten children. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And wow. anticipate at least a dozen pregnancies. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And women, wow. because of this, their bodies wore out fast. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at our uh, parents' families. They had uh, lots of brothers and sisters. There were 12 in mine. My dad had 12. Well, there was 13 in my dad's family. See? And didn't Now, this is interesting to me. They did not name a child until the child had reached the age of two. That was common practice. <laughs> hey, boy. Well, because infant mortality yeah. was so high that a lot of times the babies would die and... 
uh, they wouldn't name the baby on the tombstone. They would just put the little angel or the little visitor. Oh, that's isn't, sad. Isn't that, isn't that something? That is sad. Yeah. Okay. But anyhow, it was just a, uh, it was just a hard. I want people to realize right. It was a hard life. It was hard. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, this is going to be a great episode. It is Halloween related. Mm-hmm. And I know you've researched it, and I'm looking forward to this story. It's a pretty good story. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. And we'll be right back. Right back. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it was dark, I might be scared, but the sun's shining. They don't, they don't have the, the right effect, does it? No, not no, when you're when looking. It's, yeah, when it's dark at what time? Six o'clock now? I know. <laughs> but you're looking over at me like, really? I'm not scaring you at all, am I? No. How about with this face? I'm not the one that gets scared as easy. Oh, you you're are. You're the too. scaredy cat. No, I'm not a scaredy cat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. If, all right. If the truth be known. I know. I'm a protector. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the couple, Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin uh-huh. and Shelley, I mean Percy Shelley. <laughs> okay. Not Shelley Percy, Percy Shelley. Well, you know, it's tough, tough sometimes people it have is. two first names. <laughs> it is. I saw this. You can't get it right. I know where this came from or where I know it from. Percy Shelley and uh, Mary Godwin? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where? I saw it on Drunk History. (laughs) (laughs) They had a drunken weekend together. Sometimes um, that show is funny, and sometimes it's just... Annoying. Yeah, a mess. Yeah. (laughs) So, we're going to talk about Mary Godwin first. All right. She was born August 30th in 1797, and... uh, her mother died less than a month after giving birth to her. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So her father raised her. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he provided her with a very rich, and well, it was an informal education, but a very rich education, and uh, encouraged her to adhere to his own uh, an- an- ar- anarchist Anarchist, right? I don't know why that was looking weird. Political theories. Hmm. So when when Mary was four, he married a neighbor, uh, who became her stepmother, and um, apparently Mary didn't like her too much. <laughs> they had oh. trouble. Um, she gained uh, stepsisters. One was Claire. Claremont? Isn't that something? Claire Claremont. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but anyhow, and I say Claire Claremont because um, they became really close. Even though she wasn't close to her stepmother. Right. She and Claire became very close. They were they were the same age. Oh. So they, uh, they were very close, like 
um, kind of like sisters. So I, I would say, even though they were stepsisters, they actually were very, very close. I would say there was a little bit of jealousy though with the stepmother, right? With because the stepmother, she, apparently there there was something. Yeah. Well, she was used to being, you know, apparently if he was well to do, then she had to be a little spoiled, you know. Well, then, that's the thing. Yeah. He wasn't well to do. Oh, I thought she. <laughs> he endeavored in a lot of things. Uh-huh. Um, one was having like a paper company. They sold stationery and oh. they wrote children's books and stuff like that but it never quite got off the ground so he always had to borrow a lot of money oh. in order to um, his name was William William Godwin mm-hmm. in order to make try to make ends meet because he he was very politically active right and he had a lot of friends <laughs> so, yeah. but he just couldn't hardly uh, he was perpetually broke perpetually <laughs> all the, broke all the time yeah. right <laughs> but she still had a happy childhood okay you know she yeah. was born in Somerstown, london oh all right and she was the second child of the feminist philosopher and educator mary wallstonecraft now that was her mother that passed away okay. but she was a feminist philosopher Oh, in the 1700s now. That's not an easy thing to how, be. Yeah, how right. is, that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it is. So, um, she was the second child. And, uh, again, we were talking about uh, her father, William. Mm-hmm. Now, he was a novelist and a journalist, but like I said, he, he didn't have a lot of... Um, he wasn't very successful. Right, right. He dabbled a lot. Let's just say <laughs> he, that. He dabbled, he dabbled a, lot, a lot, and he loved his children, and uh-huh. after she passed away, he really did He did right by his children the best he could. Right. You know. He was uh, a good daddy. He, Yeah, he was. Okay. And uh, Godwin published his memoirs of the author of A Vindication of the Rights of Women. Mm. which he intended as a sincere and compassionate tribute to his wife, Mary. Right. Not his daughter, Mary. The wife. <laughs> the wife. Wife. Right. Right. <laughs> but it, it didn't... It, his memoirs were seen as shocking. So um, hmm. it wasn't a big smash hit like he had hoped. As a matter of fact, it, it wasn't uh, taken taken it didn't take off like he'd hoped it didn't the the people didn't care for that writing so what you're saying <laughs> is that book the memoir did not launch his career no okay. not like he thought it was all right yeah and it's you know it says that mary's earliest years were happy right judging from letters that uh william's housekeeper and nurse louisa jones had written at, at, well during her employment seeing it weird that he was deeply in debt, but yet he had he was able to have these people in the house and, because yeah. he couldn't raise the children by himself. But you know? know what? What when you say that? What struck me is did everyone write back then? I guess a I lot guess, of people you know, did. The housekeeper, and, yeah. and that was one of the main reasons that he uh, married his second wife. He he couldn't raise his children by himself. Right. So that's when he married. Uh, Mary Jane Claremont. We talked about the daughter Claire Claremont, but right. he married Mary Jane Claremont, and she was well educated, and she mm-hmm. had two children of her own, uh, Charles and Claire. Right. And uh, apparently, she wasn't liked by a lot of people. Uh, oh. And she was quick-tempered and quarrelsome. Mm-hmm. But um, he was devoted to her. 
But mm. uh, like we said, Mary Mary was, uh, she didn't like her stepmother at all. Not at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mainly because she, her stepmother, of course, showed favoritism to her own children right. and not right. to her. Uh, Godwin's children. Um, so it could just caused problems. Kind of making some sense now. Right. It, I mean, it, that happens even today, you know. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. So that kind of sets the stage for Miss Mary. Let's talk about Percy. All right. Let's go Percy with Mr. Shelley. Percy. Yeah. He was born in 1792 in Horsham, Sussex, England. In Horsham, Sussex. Horsham, Sussex, England. Sussex. Okay. <laughs> you got it? I do now. Now, he was a, a poet, uh-huh. a novelist, an essayist, and a dramatist. Wow. So, he was also into writing and all of that kind of stuff. He was well-rounded. Uh, he was, and he right. went to Eton College, University uh, of Oxford. Okay. Now, he was born, I said, August 4th, 1792. Uh-huh. At Field Place, Broadbridge Heath, near Horsham, West Sussex, England. Now, say that again. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll just play it back. How's that? <laughs> no, go ahead. Would, Repeat what I just said. I I'm not saying it again. <laughs> no, that, that, that's all right. We well, trust you. We trust that you uh, got He was correct. the eldest son of Sir Timothy Shelley. Okay. A Whig member of Parliament for Horsham. Okay. All right. You want to tell people what Whig? The Whig Party? W-H-I-G. Which turned into the Republican Party. The Whigs. Mm-hmm. The Whigs, yes. Mm-hmm. Here in the U.S., yeah. Right. So, uh, he married uh, Elizabeth Pilfold. Pilf- uh-huh. Man, I can't say these names. Pilfold. You're, P-I-L-F-O-L-D. Pilfold. Now you know how I Pilfold. feel. Pilfold. <laughs> You're struggling today. You, now you know Some how of I these feel. names are just not rolling off. Well, you, you know, know how I feel on a daily basis now. <laughs> All right. Well, she was a Sussex landowner. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, he had four younger sisters. All right. And one much younger brother. And it says his early childhood was sheltered and mostly happy. And he was particularly close to his sisters and his mother who encouraged him to hunt, fish, ride, and all of that stuff. At six, he was sent to day school run by the vicar of Warnham Church, Mm. where he displayed an impressive memory and a gift for languages. Wow. So, of course, it goes on into his college education, which we're not going to get into that. He did quite a few things. So, he's educated. He's educated. Right. He is educated. All right. So, we can talk about how they met. All right. Yeah, so yeah. we've got a little background on both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Percy has money. Okay. And Mary, she was raised well, but, you know, she's not really got money. She no got the dough. <laughs> uh, so, but the thing that happened to bring these two together uh-huh. was Mary's father, William Godwin, was radical, you know, in his right. in his political views right and so he had written several books right and again he he was kind of out there but the book that got the attention of percy was this book called political justice okay now he got percy got so wrapped up in this radicalism 
that he actually alienated himself from his wealthy family. Wow. <laughs> because they wanted him to follow, you know, traditional roles right. and be uh, a la- and land an aristocratic woman and all of that. Right. Um, now, he had married. Percy had married. Right. But we're not going to get into that. He did marry a, a woman named Harriet Grove. Okay. But at this time, Percy had already had, he kind of got disinterested in his wife and had wanted a woman that was educated and could talk to him. Right. You know, very uh, smartly. <laughs> he wanted her to have the smarts. Well, he yeah. did. Yeah. And here, here he hasn't met Mary yet, but right. here she's a writer. She's kind of out there in her political thinking. And right. She's a lot like him. He doesn't know it yet. Oh. But what happens is he gets so interested in all these political ideas that he starts writing William Godwin. Oh, wow. And he tells William Godwin that uh, he has a lot of money. Oh, which William, he uh, that's something he was searching for. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that William went ding, ding, ding. Cha-ching. Yeah. Uh, actually... Yeah. Now, he was having trouble obtaining his wealth because his parents wasn't just letting him go spend like he wanted to. Oh. <laughs> you know? He wasn't uh, following the way. He's not following the way because he's wanting to use the money for schemes. And he did want to help the disadvantaged people and stuff like that. But right. they did not want their money spent like that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? So they were, holding, they were holding him back. But he did promise. Percy promised that he would pay William's debts off. So they became really good friends. Oh. And then he began meeting at, uh, at I want to say Percy, not Percy, William's house. So they can discuss politics. And stuff. Wow. Okay. So guess who he has the opportunity to meet? I bet he meets Miss Mary. He gets to meet Mary. Oh, yeah. Well, shortly after all of this, Mary goes away, and she goes abroad to Scotland for a while, and uh, she comes back, and remember, they had already met. Right. uh, And it's when she comes back on one of her trips abroad, I think the one from Scotland, they said that's probably when it happened. They began meeting each other secretly. Ooh. Percy and Mary did. Now, the reason... They had to meet each other secretly. <laughs> was uh, after months of promises, William was getting kind of anxious to get this money. Hey, where's the dough, boy? He was where's getting anxious dough? to get this money that yeah. Percy promised him. Well, I'm sure. Well, for whatever reason, um, he announced that he was not going to pay off Godwin's debts. That he had originally mm, and that's said right. that he went, oh. so it made William Godwin very angry he was ticked off <laughs> he, was, he was mad so anyhow yeah. Mary and Percy had to start seeing each other and secretly uh oh and they fell in love love mm-hmm. she was 16 and he was 21 oh a little bit of difference there yeah so okay. it was like June 1814 uh-huh. when they uh, declared their love for one another love and they said that they had this very ardent passion passion right and that they they both felt the same ooh so of course she did what uh, women in that time didn't normally do what's that she uh, 
had a fling, a physical fling Ooh. with Percy. <laughs> wow. And uh, she uh, was just very intelligent, and they were just so attracted to one another. I guess they just decided they were going to just be together regardless of what anybody thought. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't oh. matter. Her, her father, of course, disapproved. Right. And, you know, tried to sabotage the relationship, but it didn't work. Oh. So he did, he, he was trying to salvage her spotless. Her honor. Honor. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what he was trying to do. Then it was a big deal. You know, right. it, it was very, very big deal. So uh, she later, she later wrote that a. Uh, that she had an excessive and romantic attachment to her father, which confused people. But she meant it as in she just loved her father right. so much. So it was right. hurtful to her that she couldn't manage to bring the relationship back. Right. Right? Right. All right. So, again, we talked about uh, Percy being married. Right. Well, um, his wife, actually, they believe she committed suicide. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But some oh, no. people believe it may not have been suicide, but by all accounts, they found her. She was very distraught, and uh, right. they found her drowned in a river. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, now he's free. <laughs> wow. In his mind, he's he's free. Mm. So, um but guess what? Guess who turned up pregnant? Mary. <laughs> That's wow. Right. So they're just having, I mean, their families are turning against him. He can't get his money. Mm-hmm. Her daddy's mad at her because mm-hmm. she's having this fling with this married man. That's not paying I mean, his... he was a married man. Right. He, he might have been equally upset with him because not he only did he take his to... daughter's virtue, but he didn't hold up. Percy didn't hold up to giving him all this money to get him out of right. his debt. Right. Um, so they're just having a time of it in their relationship. <laughs> mm. Well, let's let's fast forward. Okay, so they actually end up getting married. Okay. And uh, now let me see the date here. They got married. Love on- <laughs> will find a way. <laughs> well, her father actually. Her father actually. Uh, forgave her once they were married. Oh. You know, it kind of yeah. restored their honor a little bit. Right. Now she's not going to be an old maid. Now she's not going <laughs> to, now she's not an old maid and right. she's married. And right. although she already, you know, is pregnant, at least she is married. Now she's got a hubby. Now she's, now she's got a hubby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she's pregnant. She has her baby uh-huh. on February the 22nd, 1815. Okay. But the baby uh, was two months premature, a baby girl. Oh. And uh, the baby did not survive. Oh. That's sad. That is sad. That is sad. Um, apparently, she was not able. She had many miscarriages and wasn't able to uh, have children after that. Mm. That's kind of sad, isn't it? That she is had sad. one child, I think, that lived um, to be uh, a couple of years old. But let's talk about what Mary is known for. Now, people may not know what she's known for. Stephen, do you know what she's known for? 
I think that Mary wrote a book. She did. I think she wrote a very popular book. She did because at this point she is now Mary Godwin Shelley. Mary Shelley. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, if you're not familiar with that name, tell them why you should be familiar with that name. Because Mary Shelley wrote the book Frankenstein. <laughs> now, that's interesting. So, she began writing Frankenstein. Um, of course, it was per- with Percy's encouragement, and it was her first novel. Frankenstein. That was her first novel. It was published in 1818. Wow. Uh-huh. What a first novel, huh? That was, yeah, and look how, look, gosh, look how many times that novel has been <laughs> made into movies over it's the years. It's been told and retold. And oh, yeah. It's the classics. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, uh, that was a very popular book. Yeah. <laughs> it still is. I mean, it's a still popular story, you know. It's a very popular story. <laughs> wow. You know. But, uh, yeah. But, but she uh, she did marry. She uh, she did marry Percy. Mer- Percy and her were married in 1816. So, they had only met in like 1814. Wow. So, you know, they first met at her father's house. And right. then they actually went on this very long uh, trip together with her her stepsister, Claire, because they were both at the same age, and right. Percy. And they gallivanted through England and Switzerland and to uh, Lord Byron's home. And that's where they all kind of hung out and for a while. And that's where she wrote the book. Wow. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Uh-huh. The book started off as a short story. Right. But then she turned it into a novel and had it published. Wow, that mm-hmm. is such a cool story. Right. Now, she she passed away uh, at age 53 in 1851, February 1st, in mm. 1851. Now, he passed away in 1822. So wow. he didn't, you know, they were married in 1816. Wow. And he passed away in 1822. So he didn't live uh he didn't live much longer after they got married. That's that party and lifestyle he was. Uh, maybe, to. I guess. I don't know, but um, wow. yeah, he didn't he didn't live much longer after mm-hmm. uh, she she lived till she was 53. So he right. would have been what about 30 years old or something like I that. I wonder if she remarried after that. No, she never remarried. She said that she would never find a man that was a smart or a genius such as him. Oh wow. She never ever remarried. Wow. Isn't that crazy? She was in love. She loved him. Yeah. Right. Right. And they, you know, they had a crazy had a crazy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Look what look what the world got out of it. I know. I now, know. If memory serves correctly, the night that she came up with the story of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. There were some other people there, right? Right. And they were trying to come up who could come up with a scariest story. Right. And we know uh uh Claire Claremont was there. Percy Shelley was there. Lord Byron was there. Um, and, of course, Mary was there. 
Right, right. Um, seems like there was one other person. But if memory serves, I'd have to go back and look. But one of those would go on to write Dracula. Dracula, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So out of those, you know, we got two of the movie classics, you know, the movie monster yeah, classics. Yeah, with them just sitting around telling stories. Uh, stories. scary stories to each yeah. other <laughs> now which one's your favorite they were at uh they were at uh lake geneva yeah, yeah which, that's where they were at what are you a bigger dracula fan or a bigger frankenstein fan i, I personally i think i'm a bigger dracula fan i'm, I'm a i'm a franken <laughs> I, I, I always like mel brooks's like young frankenstein and yeah you know that's that's frankenstein <laughs> Well, uh, but yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool though how that all came about and how Very they much. met and how um, progressive they were at that time in the 1700s. You know, we're talking about feminism, radical right. politics, right. Um, just crazy stuff going on for that time. A lot of stuff. But and these were uh, these were very educated people. Yeah, you know, and they uh, they were just kind of an artistic people. So right. they were just all over the place. Well, this has been a very good Halloween week. I thought so. Story. I thought yeah. I thought having the the author of the Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Frankenstein to you, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> but now we've got a special episode coming out. On Halloween. Yes. And that'll be this coming Saturday. Yes. So listen to our special episode coming out on Halloween. And just remember. What? (laughs) Where's our pretty little, this is how we met. True love stories. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you get by with this because it's Halloween week, but that's the only reason. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Miss Angel. Why? I hope you have a wonderful Halloween. I will. I'll get to eat all the candy because I probably won't have any little kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's bad, ain't it? Because, yeah. Darn it. You guys be safe.